Well, good afternoon, people, wherever you might be. I hope everything is well for you this weekend. And um, I would like to introduce Michael Feely as our guest today, who is going to blow our minds, I believe. Hi there, Michael. Hello, everyone. Good evening. And we've got Tracy with us at the moment, too, who's another senior admin on Ancient Aliens Worldwide. So she's going to bark at him Hello. with some questions as well, I'm sure. <laughs> So, Michael, would you like to introduce yourself and explain who you are, what you are, and where you've been? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, I should take the first 20 seconds. But I'm uh, <laughs> Michael Feely. I'm, I'm from, from the UK, and uh, I was an ex-police officer who served 17 years of a 30-year career in the UK. And I was on the front line. I was well-decorated, well-regarded. I was considered an expert eyewitness in any court in the UK. And... I was basically married to that career and I never expected it to end. It was, as I say, I've got 17 years of a 30-year career. But in round about 2009, just a little bit before, but most definitely in 2009, I went from being someone who was open-minded as a child to never really experience any, anything to becoming a multiple experiencer in a very, very short level of time. And that would be things like uh, time travel. I've actually experienced time travel twice. One of them, me going backwards in conscious time. Now, when you look at the, the law of physics in what is known as time reversal symmetry, the law of physics is the same backwards as it is forwards. So time travel is actually written within the fabric of space. So I've experienced time travel twice, and that was part of my major awakening when I went consciously 159 years back into the past. I've had experiences where I've had visitations from the past coming forward to me. Uh, Egyptian visitations coming forward in time, putting me in what I can describe as, as a warp bubble. And a warp bubble really, scientifically, is where you you contort space be, uh, at the front of you and you expand space behind you. So in other words, you are in a protective casing from, from uh, excessive speeds and speeds of light and all different things. It's a warp bubble. And I've experienced that. I experienced such things as visitations, I've seen dimensional portals opening up in front of me twice. The first one was in the sky, which where a wormhole opened up and there was some kind of craft coming out of that wormhole. And as the craft exited and carried on across the sky, the wormhole then dissipated and just disappeared, just leaving the craft in the sky. I've seen dimensional portals when I've been in, in dark and dense forestry and I've had bright lights just literally that there was too bright to look into just opening up in the middle of the trees. I've had lots of experiences with shadow people. I've had experiences of, of all kinds of, of UFOs and all kinds of craft. I've received, if, for anyone who's seen the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where certain members of the cast were getting telepathic messages that they needed to be at a certain place at a certain time, I've also experienced that. So at one point in my life, I was a pure multiple experiencer, going from nothing to everything in, in, in a short space of time. And that really changed my life and, and, and I could never ever go back to the former self, the, the, the former former me, because there was just too many things happening. There, there wasn't actually a day that went by where I wasn't experiencing something or being involved in some kind of event. That then went from being a pure experiencer to then starting to look at the ancient world. In 2010, my wife Sarah and I were deciding upon a vacation and we both decided to go to Egypt. 
but we knew we just knew in our heart of hearts that it wasn't just a vacation that there was going to be some kind of work to be done that there was something going on literally 10 days before i went to egypt i received a, a strange email from a psychic medium in scotland who said regarding your trip to egypt you are going to uncover many insights and much knowledge will be added to your toolbox regarding this great land so she said that i needed to first understand it and then before i could teach about, about egypt and she said that i needed to get to the closest part of the sphinx of egypt as i possibly could and there's lots and lots of synchronicities uh, with that trip that, that enabled myself and my wife to get uh, as close to the right hand side of the sphinx as possible now when you look at astronomy and leo and the sun that then starts to have some significance many seven years later after this this strange message and i've been to egypt and i've been inside the great pyramid i've been into to the Cairo museum i have been around the sphinx been in the in the in, in the sinai desert with the bedouin tribe it was really a great vacation but it was only seven years later when some of the things that this medium had told me started to, to come to fruition and i began to have lots and lots of downloads about the ancient world and receive lots and lots of information about the ancient world and what the monuments and the monoliths and, and what their purpose really was and what they were using them for and how initially when you look into these things you can you can really think wrongly that these all of these monuments and monoliths were separate things they're not separate things uh, as i found out all of these ancient cultures were working together and every monolith and any monument was literally different instruments of a grand orchestra so anybody like that, that the believes ones, the ones all over the world all work together well the, the ones all over the world work together and that exp extends beyond earth into mars into the moon into uh different mo moons of, of planets where they have egyptian obelisks you know the, the egyptians were on the moon before neil armstrong ever was because there's there's egyptian obelisks in, in, in the ocean of storms when you look at the coordinates of the ocean of storms where the egyptian obelisks are on the moon and you put those coordinates on earth it's Egypt. So the, the Egyptians were on the moon long before the Americans ever were. And they, they all worked in unison, but they were all connected to Mars. And when you look at the likes of the place on Mars, you see that the, the longitude and latitude coordinates, the two-dimensional coordinates of the face, tell you exactly how to find Stonehenge, exactly how to find the Great Pyramid, and vice versa. So there's this, this mathematical correlation between all of these monuments and monoliths around the world that are... <clears throat> purposely there in specific locations for specific reasons so anybody that believes that the ufo theme the biblical theme the religious theme the monuments theme the planetary theme the sardonian sea theme is all separate separate subjects they are clearly mistaken because they are not they're not what started you doing that then was that purely came from your trip to, to egypt and finding out and waking up after remembering what she prophesied kind of thing and that, is that where it began for you? Certainly in relation to the ancient past, it, it was, it, what, what I now realise is, is a lot of the things that I experienced, I'm now beginning to answer what those experiences were. Right. So, so originally it was experiencing them, uh, to be told that the reason you had to experience them is to understand them in order to teach about them. And I come up with a phrase that you, you, you can't talk about wine without first having knowledge of the grape. So in other words, you know, you, you have to, in order to understand and, and, and sit here and, and, and talk to people, it helps if you've at least experienced it. But now I have the answers for what I've experienced. So in terms of from from nothing 
to being a complete experiencer every day of my life to now going through the quantum mathematics of the universe, where that comes from, where that leaves us, where it all, what, what, what's, what's the significance of, of the meaning of life in relation to quantum physics, in relation to what, what we believe to be God, what we believe to be extraterrestrials, what we believe to be other races, and, what, and, and, and all of these different things. And, you know, a lot of people in this world, including me, have heard voices and and you know you can question your own sanity but when but when you realize that i mean for for argument's sake if we were living in the flatlands and by that i mean if we were all two-dimensional beings as two-dimensional beings we can go forwards we can go backwards we can go from side to side we're two-dimensional but we do not understand what is up now if we're two-dimensional beings which we're not but if we were it's just an example and we can go forwards backwards side to side but we don't know what up is if there's something from another dimension that is higher than the second dimension and, and that starts to speak to us we would not see it because we do not know what up is we don't understand up so we would just hear it as a voice and that is what is happening with with with, with certain voices that are being transmitted into this dimension it's a it's a, it's a being that is higher than our third dimension that is transmitting from a dimension that we don't yet understand or don't know about and because of that we just hear it as a voice and that and that and there's lots and lots of people who are having these experiences so so okay so this like blows my mind already <clears throat> i have my intuition voice which you know you hear you got talking to you i have another <laughs> thing called the voice which started six seven eight years ago and it's different it's coming from my head but it's different and it doesn't say or do anything that's pertaining usually to anything that's happening and so it's like the voice talks and i pay attention now i've always thought well i recently come to the conclusion there's the other stuff doesn't matter that recently coming to the conclusion is that is this my higher self that's speaking to me watching out for me but this could actually be something from outer space i mean well, it, it can because space is not empty it is full and nothing is not connected to everything else so i mean i mean again as, as an example i can sit, sit here now in 2021 and go straight back to my childhood and some of the fond memories of my childhood and teens and 20s and so on but the cells of my body that were in existence in my body at the time those memories were created are no longer in my body so the memory of that is not cellular so therefore it is accessible in the quantum field around us so not only can i access my memories in the quantum field but so can everyone else because we all can tap in now the mind is really a greater field that contains the brain and the brain is a computer that is that is a fragment of the central processing unit which is god so we are fragments of the singularity that had to fragment in order to, to, to transmit to itself and that is what we are. So, so the, voice, the voice could be any one of the above kind of thing. It could be my higher self. It could be my, my past self. It could be my future self. And it could be some ET that's trolling around with me shouting. It could be, I mean, a, a voice is a sound and a sound is a binary code. And a binary code is atomic. 
and the quantum field is atomic. So therefore, everything connects to a computerized system. When you look at the likes of sound, the likes of time, the likes of the universe, the likes of the cosmological constant equation, which is what, what is used to measure the expanding universe of dark energy, that is all binary code. So a binary code is zero and one. Now, mm -hmm. zero and one is also duality because one is, is the polar opposite of zero. So right. when you start looking at when you start looking at binary code and you start looking at the atoms, when you when you look at the, the, the relative mass of the atom, it's binary code. When you look at the the, the, the relative uh, expansion of the atom, the the, the, the 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 relative change of the atom, it is binary code. Now when you look at the likes of the Bible that that religious people say is the word of God, it's actually the word documents of God, because the Bible is a computer printout. And the and, and the computer printout is really simple binary choice for mankind. So when you look at choosing life or death, that is binary code. Life is one, death is zero. When you choose good or evil, that is binary code because good is one, evil is zero. When you look at left or right, it is one and zero, it is binary code and so on and so on. So we are fragmented data from the one. And it, in order for, for the computer, to feedback and speak to itself it had to fragment now sometimes that fragmentation goes too far that it cannot be retrieved that is lost souls now when when we look at how when, when the computer is completed with the chunks what is known as the chunks which is really the memory when it is finished with those chunks it puts that memory back in, into the, the cosmic sea to be used again that is reincarnation so everything that in, in our reality is binary code and everything in our reality is a computer now i have seen the face of what people say is god now that is the true definition of enlightenment to have direct contact with divinity i have seen its face and it is a digital universal computerized system but we are the fragmentation of that binary code now the bible as the word or the word document of this god this this ultimate computer is really the, the binary choice that man has. Now, if you understand the, the computerized code of the Bible, then you can understand it and you can live by it. But it's being completely misinterpreted. Yeah. It is, it, it is, it is a complexity of, of, of the ultimate computer of the universe, but it is also simplistic in that we have two choices, which is binary choice. Cauliflower head. <laughs> it's well, amazing. So, so ultimately, my original question last week: What are we apart from being fragmented bits? What are we? We, we, we are, we are fantastic cells of awareness, which is which is a part of the singularity. That singularity is is the CPU, which is really the the ultimate computer, and we are fragments of that ultimate computer if you imagine that we are the circuits we are the cells we are we are these cells of awareness that are fragmented from the one now eventually fragmentation in computer terms becomes inefficient right. therefore it has to defrag now that defrag is what people say returning to the one returning to singularity because we then all become the one singularity again but at the moment when nothing which is now thing which is to become something, which is something, it goes from zero to one. 
which is which is his polar opposite. Zero and one is a binary code. The Bible is binary code. The universe is binary code. The atoms in our body is binary code. It carries binary code. Time is binary code. Sound is binary code. Our reality is binary code. I have seen clouds turn into numbers. I have seen grids pulsating from the moon. We live in a now our our brain, our brain, just like a computer, you see where letter you, you see code, you see numbers, and your brain translates that into an image. That image is the familiar world. So we don't actually see the real world. We see an interpretation of the numbers. Now, if I, if I was to put a disk into the computer yeah. of numbers, the computer would translate that into an image. That is what the brain is doing. That, that is our reality. And our reality is, is the interpretation of our inner computer, which is the brain. And what we already know or what it already knows. When I, when I saw... Yes. I saw a, a spacecraft or some sort of craft many moons ago, and it was at min, half past midnight. And I lived not far from the from the Elbe River in Germany. And I was laying outside with my kid. We're looking at the stars, watching the Milky Way because it was very little light smog. And this hot air balloon suddenly arrives and is not far away from us at all. And um, if there were people in the basket, we would have heard them breathing. It was that close, and it went. It went past and past. It was bright red, glowing, and looked like a hot air balloon without a basket. But my brain said, oh, look, there's a hot air balloon. And I totally thought it was a hot air balloon. And then it just went away. You couldn't hear anything, nothing else but just that. And then a couple of days later, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> a hot air balloon at half past midnight going along the banks of the Elbow River where there's pylons and wires and cables and... Why couldn't you hear anything? But it did that weird, bright glowing, and it was red. Now I know mm. what it was. I understand now that my brain was saying the only thing we recognize that as is a hot air balloon because it didn't mm. have anything else to pull on. A, a, a lot of the, it is a, a, a lot of the reality that we see is is memory of the brain. So that so the brain says that last time this is what it was. So this time it must be that because I don't know what it is, and the brain fills in the gaps really but what, yeah. what we're seeing is, again is is things that are binary code things that are numerics that the brain is receiving through the five senses and it is translating that into an image which is your familiar world so we never actually see the outside world it's just an interpretation of numbers and, and things if, if i was to look at a tree now i can only see one outcome i can only see one state but everything is in a state of superposition it is in multiple states but when i but when i look at it it then collapses into one probable outcome. And again, I always use the example of having a dice in my hand. Now, now the dice is in my hand, there are six probable outcomes. If I roll that dice and the number four becomes the manifested, then there's only now one probable outcome, which is number four, and all the other five faces are now probable outcomes. So right. we, we, we live in a reality where we, we as humans only see one probable outcome of multiple outcomes. And a lot of that is the brain interpreting the, 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 the waves of the universe through the five senses. So we are really imprisoned within those five senses. This is really the, the five wounds of Christ in code. And we are imprisoned by that. And when we never see the outside world, when, when we look at distant stars or distant planets, they are actually being on, on the on the surface of your retina. So are they really that distant? You know, when you look at the stars and 
and how the stars are held in place. You're looking at psychokinetic energy, which is which is the, the the mind really, which is holding them in place, or making them have peculiar peculiar movements. And when you look at Newtonian law of physics, Newtonian physics, Isaac Newton physics, deals with the 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 law of probable outcomes or predictable outcomes. Right. So if I if I see something that should behave this way, and it doesn't behave this way then according to Newtonian physics, there must be an invisible presence that is making it behave that way. But alternatively, if these stars and these planets have their own mind and they have their own consciousness, then they can move themselves through psychokinetic energy. Even human beings can move objects with their mind. Human beings can control the wind with their mind. When, when you look at the, the phenomena of stigmata, when people say to, to have the wounds of Christ in their hands, it's not, it's psychokinetic imprints that's going on to their body because for one people were not crucified with nails through the palms of their hand it used to go through their wrist so people who are showing you stigmata through their hand it's it's the mind it is not it is not a real event now we can actually we can actually create these imprints on our body through psychokinesis and that is what stigmata is there's there's a there's a surgeon i think it's in the philippines that is able to make incisions without a knife just using his mind and he's actually been recorded by skeptical scientists and it's been officially documented that he was able to make incisions with his mind as a surgeon now the, the power of our mind when, when you start thinking that the, the universe is an ultimate computer which is an ultimate mind which is which is a mathematical supreme mind when you wish to mimic the godlike the, the god self the godhead which is what the Egyptians were trying to do, then you also have to become a divine mind. So when you look at the likes of the Great Pyramid, it's a replica of the mind, and it replicates the endocrine system of the brain. The endocrine system of the brain is the likes of the thalamus, the pineal gland, the pituitary gland, and they are marked by the king's chamber, the queen's chamber, and so on in the Great Pyramid. So the Great Pyramid is, is, is a, a giant replica of the human mind, the divine mind. When you look at christ and again this has connections to ufos to everything else when you look at christ in in old hebrew the word jesus means eye of father father means wisdom so it is the eye of knowledge it is the eye of wisdom what is the eye of knowledge it is the pineal gland it is the eye of Horus. so you have the egyptians telling us now when you look at you know when you when you look at You know who who uh, thy father who art in heaven well father is wisdom and knowledge and heaven is the higher mind so when you start looking at these biblical quotes you now father who's art in heaven is talking about knowledge in the higher mind that yeah. is what well, that is what the, these these things are telling us now if you want to communicate with things of a higher mind and a higher intelligence which some of these visitations are then you need to mimic the higher intelligence the higher mind and that really is how all of these things are relevant that the christ is the divine mind on earth which is all of us or the potential that we all have and that is really where where we've been misled and, and we've been taken away from this divine mind and and all of the ancient monuments regardless of where they are they are telling us of the same thing you know the the, the body when when man when man falls out of divinity into into this physicality then the body becomes the cross you know it is the cubicle city now the cubicle city has a main road a main high street 
that is the spine, that is the Jacob's ladder, from which the, the energy of fire travels the highway, which is the spine. And that then takes you into Atlantis, it takes you into Osiris, it takes you into the serpent, you know, it takes you into Lemuria, where they, they said that they had walking serpents. They didn't have walking serpents, they had people who had gone through transformation, metamorphosis. That is what it is telling you, and, and the metamorphosis is the enlightenment of self, the resurrection of self, the rebirth of self, the, the, the resurrection of their own Christ. And every single monument, every single monolith from Earth to Mars to Saturn to, to the Moon, all of these things are in collaboration with each other and they are breadcrumbs taking us back to the divine mind. So, so go to go to the pyramid. Who who do you think built who do you think built the pyramids? Sorry, Trace. <laughs> the, the the ultimate computer, God. Uh, when, God, when when you look at the the the, the divine mathematics inside, the, particularly the Great Pyramid, it is so advanced in relation to mathematics that it is not a human. And when you look at all the codes, when you look at all the sonics. When you look at all the the fingerprints that, that that this creative mind has left, then you see that there's no other conclusion that it is the the, the the divine mind that has put it there. Now, when you start doing sound experiments, and you you reach 432 hertz, it creates the the shape of the tetrahedron. Now, 432 hertz then takes you to the golden ratio, which is the building the the geometry of life. It takes you into phi, which is uh, related to five, but it's also deeply within the Great Pyramid. 432 hertz takes you into another purpose of the Great Pyramid, which is to represent the womb experience, because 432 hertz is the frequency of a, of a newborn child coming out of its mother's womb. And when you look at why do, why do you have nine pyramids in Giza, because there are nine months of pregnancy. When you look at the the entrance of the great, when you look at the, the the entrance level of the Great Pyramid. It represents the navel because the navel is the sustenance of the child when you look at the sarcophagus it is the vibration and the frequency of the womb when you look at the frequency inside the womb that they were transmitting that's what creates the elongated skulls when you start looking at why do you have certain shafts coming from the queen's chamber that were that were sealed because it represents the severing of the umbilical cord so in other words it is the separation between mother and child yeah. and we have all of these different things now with, with the nine months of pregnancy, that happens in three trimesters. That is why you have nine pyramids in groups of three. Now, right. medical, science, medical science tells you that in the third and final trimester, that is when consciousness enters. That is why you have the Great Pyramid representing the mind, representing consciousness. So you have, the, the, who, who is Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ is the Great Pyramid of Egypt. That is the true Jesus Christ. That is the, the enlightened mind on earth that the Great Pyramid is Jesus Christ, the Great Pyramid is Noah's Ark, because he travels the waters of time as a capsule of knowledge to reach us now in a far-off future. Wow. And on previous, just sort of diverting from that a little bit, but on previous um, discussions we've had, you gave a number that you think that the pyramid is XYZ age. <clears throat> I've always thought that they must be at least 26,000 years old. But you, you had a greater number than that, and the reason why? Yeah, when, when you look at star codes, now, science, when, when you look at science, what is science? S science is really the observation. 
what were the first things to be observed by man? It was it was the stars. So you know the likes of biblical prophets and ancient prophets were measurers of stars. Measure of star gives you the word master. So they were masters, measure of stars. They understood the celestial narrative. They understood that in this age, at this time of the year, this is going to happen with, with a, a high degree of certainty because that's what the stars were telling them. Now, when you look at star codes of Egypt, these star codes were taken by the Hebrew mystics and it was turned into the Hebrew calendar. A lot of these star codes were hidden in the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Qumran Cave Scrolls. Now, some of them I have found hidden in Roslyn Chapel in Scotland. I know where they are. And, and the Knights Templars bought them from Jerusalem and hid them in Scotland. So Christopher Columbus was not the first one to reach the Americas. No. It was the likes of the Templars and the Sinclair family who built Roslyn Chapel. And they've put this evidence in the architecture of Roslyn Chapel. So when you look at this star code that was hidden in, in the Dead Sea Scrolls, which was taken from Egypt, it tells you a story. Now, when you look at the Great Pyramid, it has 204 course levels. So the apex is the 204th course level. Now, when you look at each of the sides of the Great Pyramid, it, it is an angle of 51 degrees. So 51 times 4 equals 204. So there are 204 course levels, which matches with the angles of the side. Now, if you take each of those course levels and you, you say... As, as part of these star codes, each of those course levels represents 360 years, which is the Hebrew calendar, the 360-year cycle of the Hebrew calendar. Now, if you times 360 by 204, you get 73,440 years. That's how old the Great Pyramid is. Now, you can do that by star charts. You can do that by the course levels, and, and, and that is the age of the Great Pyramid of Egypt. As of this day, it is 73,440 years old. That's amazing. And you found this out through several different, several, di who's that? Is that me? Oh my God, it is, sorry. It's not supposed to be ringing. Um, you found it through doing several things, working several computations out from different things, haven't you? Or is it just from that one, the pyramidal sizes and angles? Did well, you the, the, the Egyptian. Yeah, the, the, the Egyptians used to use mathematics that correlated to the message they wanted to, to transmit. So the, the reason that the Great Pyramid is 481 feet high is because that is compliant with the mathematics that I've just said, uh, right. with the, the, the encoded message that they wish. So 481 feet gave them the 204 course levels, which corresponds to the 51 right. degrees of the four faces and the 360-year cycle of the Hebrew calendar. Now, the Hebrews took their, their knowledge from, from Egypt, as did many other cultures so on the basis of that and and these star codes the star charts that is how i was able to work that out so do you think it's, ma it's mathematics yeah which you said that you weren't too keen on before all this started because it leaves me cold it's crazy well, well, when i was at school and when i was growing up i i, I didn't like mathematics i mean my my, my mathematics experience at school was my teacher used to go to to a local bar and used to get drunk, used to come back to the school and used to fall asleep in lessons. This was the teacher. So my my, 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 my school experience. Apparently he didn't enjoy it either. No, no, no. it's probably too boring, but it just didn't add up. But I mean, for, for, for me, it, it, it was now I, I never really got on my maths, but, but it's a different kind of maths that I'm now into. And it's yeah. a universal maths, it's a binary maths. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's, it's the keys to the origin of the universe and existence. Now that is a completely different maths to, to what 
I should have been taught at school. So I, I'm now becoming a little bit, a little bit more fond of, of, of the mathematics now. And I would imagine a bit obsessed as well, because I'm pretty sure I would. Can you actually look at anything without thinking, ooh, <laughs> what does this work out for? Well, no, 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 I mean, well, every time you look at a symbol, every time you look at geometry, every every time you look at something, exactly. you know, you, 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 I, I, I can no longer not see behind just just a pretty shape and yeah. everything everything has a mathematical sequence everything has a mathematical meaning all of these automobile uh, logos and all of these these clothing brands they are all sacred geometry from people who yeah. understand the sacred science and 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 when you start to understand it you know you, you soon realize that the language of this world is not English, it's not American English, it's not Dutch, it's not Chinese, it's codes, it's symbols, it's mathematics. Um, and when you start to realise that, you start to speak a different language. And when you start to speak a different language, you then start tapping into that divine mind that created it all. So Nikki has just asked, well, she asked a little while ago, is the pyramid inverted? There we go. <laughs> inverted as the replica is upside down. The, the, yeah, energetically it is. The, the, the Egyptians were deep into symmetry. And when you see the Egyptian statues, you know, like Abu Sibu, when you got the, the four big monuments, again, exact replica, that is really translation symmetry. When you look at the likes of, when you look in a mirror, that is reflection symmetry. Reflection symmetry is duality. It is zeros, it is one, it is binary code. So, the Egyptians were big into symmetry, the Mahat, they, they understood that the building blocks of creation, the building blocks of life is symmetry. It, it is the law of construct. So everything in buildings from masonry to everything else, it is the law of construction, the law of construct, which is symmetry. So in terms of the inverted pyramid, yes, because they understood that we needed to rise above duality to escape this realm. Now, when you look at, again, the eye of Horus, which is the pineal gland, but it, it also goes into the five senses and how to transcend the five senses. Because when you look at the eye of Horus, you see that the pupil is the the infinite expanse, which is the pupil you go in, infinite expanse. It is also sight. When you look at the part of the eye of Horus, which is closest to the nose, it is smell. When you look at the, eye, the, the part of the eye of Horus, which is closest to the ear, it is hearing. When you see the tear, uh, when you see the tongue, it is taste. When you see the tear hitting the floor, it is touch. So the eye of Horus also replicates the five senses and how to escape the five senses, the five wounds of Christ. They they understood all of this mystic power and how to escape this third dimensional cubic realm. So in terms of uh, going back to the question, yes, energetically, it would have been an inverted pyramid, which represents reflection symmetry, which represents duality, which represents the building blocks of binary code of the universe. There you go, Nick. Tracy. So the Ayat, so Ayat, oh, I'm sorry. So um, I read that the Eye of Toth is also the opposite of the Eye of Horus. Have you heard that before? Like um, it's yeah. the darkness. I, I just, because I did see that come up and that was checking your yeah. book to see. I thought I'd seen it in your book. <laughs> the Toth, Toth, that some people pronounce Teote, it's an abbreviation of thought. So straight oh, away you. you have thought, which, which is the higher mind. So Toph okay. is the higher mind, it is thought. Now, when you look at why does, why does an eye represent the moon 
and, and I represent the sun. Well, the moon, and, and this is depicted in Stonehenge as well, the, the moon represents an expression of the lower self. And the moon is where you have come from. So when you get Stonehenge, which people say is a lunar calendar, which it is, it's, it's not just that, but it is a lunar calendar. And you look at, at the solstice and you look at the sun coming up over the hailstone. What that is replicating is, is the moon is behind them, which is what they, they once were. And they're looking at the sun, which is the solar mind, the lunar mind, the solar mind, the lunar consciousness, the solar consciousness. They are basically going from silver to gold which then takes you into alchemy, which takes you into the Philosopher's Stone. So they've, they're, they're mimicking where they've come from, the expression of the lower self, to the solar consciousness, which is the higher self, which is the gold, the Philosopher's Stone. So when you, when you look at moon, sun and moon, that is what you're talking. When, when you amalgamate the sun and moon, you get the word Allah. Where do we hear Allah? Julian Islam. Yep. Gotcha. Thank so you. So you, you then start going into what is the Islamic religion really? It is talking about the sun and the moon as the mystical marriage of alchemy, which is the opposites combined in union. That is Allah. But of course, the millions and billions of people who worship these gods do not understand what they're worshipping. No, they really don't, do they? Thank you. If, if they did, the humanity would be advanced overnight by thousands of years. Do you think that's ever going to happen? That makes perfect sense. When you, when you look at, again, going back to universal creation, you have, as a result of dynamic stability, you have to have regions of opposites. So you have to have higher vibration, you have to have lower vibration. Not right. uneasy balance and duality, but it is also dynamic stability of, of, of the fabric of the universe. Now, when planets or people go through the lower regions of space, they go through a dark age. When people and planets go through a higher region of space, you go through a golden age. When we hit a golden age, that is when you see the likes of the Eureka moments of humanity. So what is written, what is timed, will happen regardless. It is a, a cyclic reality. Right. Now, everything, everything works in cycles because that way the creator, it requires very, very little intervention once it is all set in motion. It is a strict rule. It is strict law right. that in order for, for any system to work, it has to have these strict mathematical, these strict laws. And that is what we have in, in the binary code of the great computer. And we have computer code, the Bible, the binary choice. We have the universe, which is binary creation. And we are the fragments of the singularity, which is the central processing unit, which is God. You had to fragment in order to transmit and receive from vast areas of space. So when you look at space and you put that into a computer context, it is storage space. <laughs> is it time to empty the cache, do you think? <laughs> so the cat, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. So um Tell us a bit more about your experiences um, with the UFO stuff. You saw one coming through a portal at some point, apparently, yeah? I did. I was actually on, on, on night duty with my wife uh, in, in the place, and, and one evening it was it was beautiful, clear skies, and we looked up and, and we literally saw a wormhole, or, well, what, what appeared to be like a serpent-looking thing in the sky, which was a wormhole. And then we saw something emanating from exiting from the from the end of the wormhole it was some kind of it looked like a circular 
silvery craft and it continued across the sky and then as it continued across the sky the wormhole just dissipated and just disappeared as if it was never there so something had come through some kind of gateway into our reality and uh, there's there's been incidents in, in broad in broad daylight <coughs> when, I've, when i've seen three gigantic cigar-shaped ufos above my hometown literally in the sky uh 700 feet high no sound just there in a triangle in the sky you'd expect it to be like a scene from independence day when everyone's dumping the cars and look but they they, they weren't it was it was a, it was only a couple of us who, who were able to see it or apparently because again when you when you look at frequencies and and a lot of the things that 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 are out there are beyond our frequency range so yeah. unless you unless you match that frequency and sometimes we do then you're not going to see these things but when when you do match their frequency even if it's only a glimpse for a moment you're then going to see what is really around you and and that is what has happened and that there's been there's been instances where i've been involved in a, in, a, in a mass landing uh there's there's been incidents where i've been invited to certain locations but so were three three others at the same time and we all went there just just like the thousand counts of the third kind i've actually come face to face with a being not of this world or shall i say binary code not not of this reality and and literally i was two feet away from this being that was so where was that where did that it was, a, it was in a place called birmingham which is you will know but for, yeah. for the viewers it's it's about 100 miles northwest of london and it's uh england's second city really second city and i was it's an event and and there's my wife there and a friend there and then this thing walked into where we were sitting and let's say he was six foot three his skin looks as if it had been completely taut and stretched over his face. He could see all of his, his bones. His eyes were black. Uh, when, when you look at human eyes, the, the, the pupils were just black. And where we would have white, it was all greyed out. So really, his eyes were completely dark. He looked very, very amphibious. He looked very, very lost and strange, as if he'd just been teleported there and he didn't know where he was. But again, only the three of us could see him now this this arena was, was it, there was there was a multi-dimensional event going on at this particular place and there was lots of people there and there's only the three of us that, that saw him uh and his energy was something i'd never experienced before never experienced since if you imagine a washing machine on spin that is what was happening to my solar plexus and, and, and my stomach area it was it was uh but not in not in not in a good not in a good sense so this this thing walked in if you imagine it was the main street and then there was a small cafe which is where we were sitting and then you walked 10 12 feet along this uh, along this cafe and you walked through a door and you were then into the arena where the events and the talks and the storeholders were now he walked in from the street into the cafe went into the event arena and disappeared he didn't come out the way he came and the only way he could have left from the arena was going through rows and rows of seats with viewers or in between storeholders to a fire exit that was at the other side of the arena nobody saw him so he came in came past us vanished uh and, and this encounter probably, probably only about four or five minutes for, for this particular one but uh, he was not from he was not from here uh whatever whatever here turns out to be he was not from here and yeah. there's been there's just been absolute multitudes of, of, of different things uh, day and night, you know, and this what it's what changed my life really because I, I always had an open mind. I always questioned. I always had adult conversations with myself at, at the age of seven and eight. I was I was asking adult questions. Never, never felt that I fitted in. 
and when when you realize in later life when you when you understand about vibrations and you understand that most people oscillate and resonate with their planet of birth but there are those who don't because we're not from this planet you know as such so we don't oscillate with earth's resonance and a lot of people see that as loneliness they don't fit into society they they question things going on and and, and i'm one of them and that is because i don't resonate with earth's resonance my planet of birth but there's just just so many different encounters that i that i had in a, in a just in just in several years really where i became a multiple experience that is the only the only phrase that i can use to 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 explain it has since you're sort of waking up and coming to all, all of this mathematical stuff and figuring out the codes and stuff have you had more and more things happen because your vibration is now obviously higher and you're seeing things differently do you have more things happening since? what 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 happens now it, it it's a it's a series of of advanced communication you now where it, it started off as seeing things and just seeing things without understanding what i was seeing it right. then went into ancient codes it then went into understanding what i'd seen and experienced and now it is uh quantum mathematics implanted in my head it is number sequences being given to given to me during sleep which then when i've worked it out it relates back to uh egypt and the honeybee and the hexagram it was literally what one of the cards that i had in my head was the square root symbol and then 937 it probably took me about four or five hours the next day to work out what that meant but it goes back to the mystery schools of ancient egypt it goes to the b which is relevant to egyptian royalty to many of Indian bloodlines and when you look at the b and, and you look at the the beehive which is a hexagram which is again knowledge but most people don't know that when you get the word egyptian when you look at b and things you have the letters T H B. That is always used with the Egyptian letters W R H. Now those two combined mean honeymoon. Now honeymoon, a cinnamon, a synonym, a synonym of, of honeymoon, is heaven on earth, which is the higher mind. Now heaven on earth is on earth as it is in heaven, which is the higher mind of man. And that is just from a mathematical sequence that was given to me in a, in a dream state. And I, I get lots of quantum physics coming into my head in, in, in a wake state. And I also get shown advanced technology. I've been shown several times advanced technology that has entered into my space. And I've seen the advanced technology that they showed me inside a see-through sphere. And it was advanced mechanisms of, of, of advanced knowledge. So that is, it's gone from experiencing to now getting this, this number sequence of quantum data, quantum physics, quantum equations, which I'm writing down as a series because the quantum equations are all to do with angular velocity and star travel. And it and, and, and um, I think it's physics, it's physics that we've not yet come into now. Figured, yeah. Have you got anything else, Trace? Yeah. <laughs> I know you do. Come on, girl. Yeah, um, well, I um I was watching the show last night um and it was it was fascinating it, it's a popular show um and it, it, you were talking about portals and stuff um and there's a popular rabbi 
he's uh, he's actually on ancient uh, aliens and he did a um in the jewish tradition they have a portal invo invocation where they actually can open portals and they it's um at skinwalker ranch and they were doing an experiment and they literally it looked like they created a portal yeah. And I wanted to ask your thoughts on, do you think that that, that would be a, that that's a plausible method to manipulate that kind of energy using like a invocation like that to open and close portals and stuff like that? It was just uh, fascinating yeah. because it was like, you could see they use like, um, like a thermal, video and it got like super cold and it went like totally black right mm. where and it was, i it almost looked like a black hole to me and it was it got super cold and then all of a sudden like at the end they saw at the bottom there was something that skittered across at the bottom of the screen and they were like totally freaked out. So it was like, did something come in? Did something? So I, I just wanted to know <clears throat> your thought about that kind of um, methodology. Well, for someone who's seen portals open twice, personally twice, I, I know that they exist. When when you look at the likes of Stonehenge where, where they were using uh, piezoelectric methods to transmute mechanical energy into electrical energy which was then transmuting their body into a light body which, which enabled them to get through portals when you look at historical fact that in in august 1971 there was a police officer and a farmer that witnessed the disappearance of five men from the center of stonehenge they were they had tents and campfires in the center of stonehenge the police officer and the farmer saw the flash of light heard screams and the men have disappeared, but the tents and the campfire were still there. So these these men just completely disappeared. When you realize that each of these monuments correlates to a particular planet, so so Stonehenge relates to Saturn, and that is why the, the area of Stonehenge sees the majority of crop circles, because you see the sound coming from the rings of Saturn, which is being transmitted to Stonehenge, which is an aerial receiver, crystalline receiver, and it is then mimicking the, 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 the picturesque uh, of, of that sound on the harvest so so the picture that you see is the sound of the environment as, as, and, and stonehenge is taking that when you look at how they were creating portals to escape to the stars when you look at the likes of silbury hill which is another famous hill uh, in avebury which is where stonehenge is it replicates earth and mars <clears throat> so when you look at the altar of witness on mars it's an exact replica of of, of silbury hill now when you get a, a, an overlay of, of the sidonian city on mars and you put that over Avery in Wiltshire in England, where Stonehenge is, it is an exact replica. So whereas a lot of people say that Atlantis was, was the, the forerunner for Egypt, it wasn't, it was planet Mars, because what they were doing, there's a civilization on Mars that has put Sardinian city there, that were locating different areas on, on this earth where they wanted monuments to be situated, and they've mapped them, as I said before, longitude and latitude, two-dimensional coordinates, and how to find them and how to put them. It's almost like, you know, a blueprint of, of the grids of planet Earth and the energy centers of planet Earth. So, so all of these monuments were portal creators. Now, I, I, I've, I've seen this as in, and I've, I've said it before, that 
I was once taken to a place where I was I was in this this temple or in this wherever it was, and I all of a sudden looked up and there was someone standing there, and I, and I said to them, "Who are you? Are, are you in are you in the wrong place? Are you in, are you in the wrong frequency?" And he said, "Sorry," and adjusted and disappeared. Now, if you imagine you're standing outside an you're standing outside an elevator, the elevator doors open, there's people standing inside the elevator, and they say. I'm sorry, I'm on the wrong floor, and they press the button, the doors close, and they go. That is right. what happened. They were doing it through frequency. Right. So, in terms of can you create portals? Yes, you can do anything if you know how okay. how to do it. But the, the the problem is, is unless you know how to close them, unless you know how to guard them, you have no control over what comes through, and that and that really is is a problem when you know with the likes of Ouija boards and 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 different things because people are not understanding the seriousness of what they're doing and, it, and that's, it, it that's, what, that's what my concern was because when they saw when mm. i when they saw that little that shadow or creature down at the bottom of the screen i was like holy cow and i do feel the same way you do about ouija boards i don't discount the power of them whatsoever but i will never mess with one because you just I don't know what you're getting not at all. I've, I've, I've seen lots and lots of entities, including just, shadow, yes. shadow people. Now, when when you look at a when you look at a shadow, <clears throat> when a shadow always loses a dimension in its projection, so ourselves as three dimensional beings always cast a two dimensional shadow because it always loses a dimension. So right. when I've seen three dimensional shadow people. And they've been violently rocking my door at six o'clock in the morning. And I've come out of the bedroom to see them walking through bedroom walls. When I was doing a talk in San Francisco, there's a seven foot shadow person in my hotel room before I did a talk. I was taking pictures outside the hotel room and caught a UFO. Uh, when, when you see these, these three dimensional shadow people, they're from a dimension, maybe the fourth dimension, because they're casting a third dimensional shadow because they are losing a dimension in the projection of that shadow. So, there are so many different things that are going through different portals, going through different gateways that we don't see them. We have no maturity. We don't have enough maturity to, to, to be working with this kind of magic because we don't know what we're doing in, in essence. And if you don't, if you don't know what you're doing, you know, it's, it's really strange that you should want to do it until you do. It's dangerous. It's really dangerous. And it can be dangerous. Yeah. yeah. They don't know what they're unleashing. It's really wild. So do you think ultimately everything is all about, I know it's mathematics, but do you think <clears throat> frequencies and vibrations? So if we raise our yeah. own, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is again, because math, mathematics, they were saying, it, when, when you look at computers, now a sound has to be converted into binary code in order for it to be stored at a computer level. Now I would turn around, I would turn that science around and say that it's actually the computer, the binary code that is creating the sound, because everything in this in this universe, in this reality, in, in this whatever existence, whatever it is, is a mathematical sequence of strict laws. So that takes away really when people say that we have free will. We, we don't have free will. We have a very, very limited choice, which is a yeah. binary choice. It's, it's, that, it's that biblical binary choice. We, we have a very limited choice. So I can walk out of this house now and I can go left or right, but but left or right has already been created. It's already sort of been boxed into a very, very narrow bandwidth. So I can only choose out of the chosen, out of the created. So everything 
has a mathematical code and that includes sound that includes the vibration of frequency you know frequencies what does universe mean it means one verse what is a verse it is a metrical rhythm so a metric is a meter is mathematics and rhythm is sound so we have one mathematical sound so we have all of these things that are combined in the creation from from this great computerized mind now that computerized mind has fragmented itself which it had to do in order to transmit and receive other greater distances and that is that is what we are we are cells of awareness that will eventually defrag and go back to singularity once again but but in terms of mathematics in terms of geometry in terms of sound in terms of light in terms of all of these things they are a very close-knit family they all from the same chips from the same stone yeah wild how so i'm that thinking like i'm trying to like compute all the things you've just said and try to put it so that it's an intelligent question so it's like to me it's like i'm all about the i love frequencies <laughs> and it's difficult to do an intelligent question <clears throat> it's and so the frequency and healing stuff you know it's like mm. i totally believe that there's that sarcophagus in the middle of whichever was it in the great pyramid where people think that it was a great but it of course wasn't I've always thought that it was used for healing with frequencies from that box that's up on the top there where somebody did whatever, creating the frequencies to do whatever healing was necessary for the person that's laying in that box. <clears throat> so how does that work? Do you know anything about that? You got any insight? Well, the, the, the Great Pyramid was a womb, not a tomb. So right. when, when Egyptologists tell you these burials are pharaohs, it's not. It, it's, no, it's, no. A, it, it's, it's a replica of the, of the womb experience, which is basically the, the, the womb is the matrix we come into this world through the matrix which is the womb which is the holy grail now when you start looking at the geometry of the womb you, you lead into the vesica pisces which then leads you into binary code it leads you into christ it leads you into mary magdalene it leads you into the vesica pisces the, the 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 mandala in the middle of the vesica pisces which is the yoni if you do from left to right it is 153 153 in greek is mary magdalene christ 153 fish the course level of the entrance of the Great Pyramid is the 17th course level. Add one to 17, it's 153. There's 153 steps in the in the Grand Gallery. It's 153 feet long. It's a mathematical matrix that that we that we enter. Now, every single stone in these these ancient monuments, especially the Great Pyramid, is an octave. It is a frequency. It is a sound. The body is also an octave. It is a frequency. It is a sound. So right. if you match if you match the the frequency of of health then you will be healthy you know if, if 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 you start getting diseases and you start getting things wrong with the body it's because of certain aspects of that body is as, as for some reason the vibration and the frequency has plummeted in that region so if you lift the vibration of that region you will then become compatible with the rest of the body and that will be health and healing so that they did use frequency to heal their body you know th th there is technology even in earthly technology that that people can go into these almost like mri scan tubes yeah. and it is a vibration it is a vibration tube and it heals the body there's no need yeah. for surgery and chopping things out we have frequencies that can heal the body even nikola yeah. tesla came up with this but he took that from the great pyramid from egypt so we have this technology even today where we can heal people through sound Right, Royal Rife was onto that, got him murdered, but you know, he was doing that as well, finding out the particular frequency yeah. to whatever the ailment was, and yeah. had a lot of success. 
And there are rice machines yeah. out there now, but I, I think I'd rather go and lay in that sarcophagus and have the sounds played at me in the middle of the Great Pyramid. Thank you very much. <laughs> you see, with, 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 with the Egyptians, that they had a god called Amun-Ra, and Amun-Ra was, was the combination of Amun, which gives us Amen, and Ra, which people believe was, was the sun god. But, but Amun-Ra was more known to, to, to be the god of sound than the god of the sun. Every time the Egyptians heard sound, they associated that with the presence of Amun-Ra. So when you look at the small shafts at the top of the Great Pyramid, they, they whistled like when you blow across the top of the bottle. Right. And that was the presence of Amun-Ra. Now, when you look at the elongated, the likes of elongated skulls that have been found in Malta, Stonehenge, Peru, Russia, uh, Egypt, they used to have this, this gestation technique with sound, and it was called a, a, a natal gestation entrainment technique. Now, what they were doing is that they were they beaming sounds into the womb, and that was changing the, the shape of the skull of the baby. So we have the elongated skulls. Now, when you see the elongated skulls around the world at all of these famous sites like Stonehenge, which was a, a circular energy field, a circular sonic, I've been, in, been into the centre of Stonehenge to take a group of people who wanted me to do a, a tour in the centre of Stonehenge to talk about Stonehenge. <clears throat> and my co-host went into the middle of Stonehenge and almost went into a trance because she didn't expect to do this, she just did it. And she began to do what is known as tonal rules, which is harmonies of the voice. Right. Now, when she, when she did this, every single stone in that circle sang back to us. It resonated back to us with such frequency, it was just wonderful. It was like, like an energetic shiver. Now, this is someone who is untrained, who does not really understand sound. Now, if you imagine the ancients who were the masters of sound, just imagine what power they would have generated by these crystalline stones. Now, when, when you have the, the wasp scepter that the Egyptians and the, the, the masters of sound used to carry, they will notice at the bottom of the wasp scepter is like a tuning fork because they yeah. used to hit stone and levitate it through sound. When, when you look at why, why the ancient buildings are such precision, the bricks are cut with such precision, that's because you can create laser by sound. They were sonic frequencies that were being used at master level. And they were able to cut the stones where you can't actually get a piece of paper through. They were able right. to levitate stones. And my, my opinion is, is it is the creative force of, of the universe that, that put these things there. Because they are stepping stones. They are, they are reminders to defrag and to get back without being lost. Without being lost souls. Without being, without being the, the, the computerized data that is irretrievable because it is so far from, from the singularity. And that, and that is really we are we are being assisted to get back to that central centralized unit. Yeah. Wow. It's all so fascinating. Somebody asked a little while ago. Speaking of to his encounters, will we ever see a public event leading to full disclosure in our current lifetime? <clears throat> for, for for me, I, I don't need I don't need a government to tell me what I already know exists. Now. When, when, a, when a government starts getting involved, I become very, very suspicious as to their motives, as to, yeah. to why, you know, who, just, just who are they going to disclose to us and why are they going to disclose. So I think if, if, it, serves, if it serves the government and, and beyond government, if it serves an agenda, then we will get disclosure if it serves a purpose. Yeah. 
But for me, I don't need official, you know, I don't need uh, President Biden coming out saying, we now admit UFOs are true because I know that they're true. I don't, I don't need that from, from that level of office to, to tell me what I know exists. So no. I'd be very, very wary and very, very suspicious if the government and, and above government departments start to disclose because you just have to just question their motives as to, as to why they're doing it and the timing of why they're doing it. So will we get disclosure? If it suits them, yes. Yeah, we've already had it really. They're just dribbing, drabbing and yeah, course, everything yeah. going on is just like, yeah. Who needs yeah. it? Who needs it? So um, Nikki might be joining us in a minute, but she asked, um, why is it humanity only uses two to eight percent of our consciousnesses? Consciousnesses. <laughs> why is the subconscious mind running 92 to 98 percent of our lives awake and asleep? Many physicists tell us that the brain is, is a really good computer. So again, the, the, the brain is contained within a larger field, the mind. Which is, I mean, no, no one has really ever defined or really, really knows what consciousness is. So when you look at the, the conscious and the subconscious, the, the subterranean chambers of the Great Pyramid represent the subconscious mind. Now, the subconscious mind hands information that it believes relevant to the conscious mind. So we have the subterranean chambers, and then we have the chambers above it, which is which is the the, the conscious mind. Why? Because the brain is not the, the brain is a computer but it is part of a greater computer. And the brain is really a storage facility for memories, for data, for bytes, for, for all of these, these different codes to, to be transmitted through. Why do we only use that amount? Because I think we are predominantly, shall we say, our power switch, our dimmer switch has been set at the lowest setting. We have so much, we have so much potential, but with that with that potential comes a maturity becomes a responsibility and humanity in its current state is nowhere near mature enough or nowhere near responsible enough to have the dimmer switch turned on so i think you know when, when you start looking at enlightened souls when, when you start looking at secret societies and all of these different things it is really the soul the soul is a quantum entity now quantum as i've already said is binary code so even the soul is binary computerized code. Now, it is the soul that is initiated during these initiations. When you become an enlightened soul, you are using 100% of everything you have. So 100% of DNA, now junk DNA is being used. 100% of consciousness is being used as an enlightened soul. Now, when you look at the gigantic boat that has been found in, the, in Khufu's pyramid in Egypt, that represents the Anunnaki story of Nibiru, because Nibiru means the ferryman. Now, when you look at the Greek, the River Styx and Sharon taking the souls across the River Styx on the boat, that is what Khufu's boat represents in the Great Pyramid. It is taking the enlightened souls across the River of the Sky, which is the Duet, which is the region of Orion and Sirius, and it is taking these enlightened souls to their destiny. And that is why you have the story of Nibiru, of the Anunnaki, which is which is not a planet it's 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 the, the ferryman cheating the ferryman going across to the duet now what what controls the gate of of the duet it is the serpent and then you look at the shafts of the great pyramid and you have them pointing towards orion and sirius which is the duet the river of the sky where the souls go and you have 
Apophis or Draco, which is the serpent, which is the guardian of the underworld of the night. Now, when you understand the journey of the sun at night, you understand the journey of the soul after life. That is what they are telling us. So we have all of this, these, these, these different things, and, and, and the Egyptians are telling us through enlightened soul, through Nibiru, going on this bout of Khufu to the underworld, the duet. And that is what, what they're telling us. So that is what the bout is. That is what the subconscious uh, subterranean chambers represent. And we only use part of it because I think we've been shut down. I think we've been shut down too. I think but we've been shut down. Why would we have all that space in the first place? Otherwise, we'd all have little tiny heads. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, but again, in computer, in computer terms, you know, in computer terms, we, we don't use all of our memory. We don't use all of our computer capacity because if we do, we become inefficient and then we have to defrag. So, again, if you, you, can, you can put this into computerized terms that we don't use all our, uh, our memory, we don't use all our gigabytes, we don't use all of these bytes on the computer because otherwise it becomes inefficient because it just scrambles the system and we're nowhere near mature enough to be responsible to have to, to have full memory, full gigabytes, all of these different things in this computer that we, we're currently in in this simulation world madness how do you actually get through a normal day with normal things michael this is it's like can you actually look at an object without thinking so deeply it's difficult it's difficult not to uh I, I, it really is i mean it it's nice in one way because when when you're so passionate about it when when you when you love it so much and when when you when you are intrigued to, to, to know and to understand. If, if I go out and see something that I don't know, then the first thing I have to do when I get back is find out what it is. And that, right. and that really, I guess, I, guess, I mean, my, my motto really is if I know more tomorrow than I know today, then I'm rolling the correct way. Yeah. So for, for, for me, again, it's, it's, it's understanding. It's, it's having that investigative mind that I've always had. You know, I mean, I, I, I've gone from going to the scenes of homicides, the scenes of hostages, you know, to the scenes of crime to using that evidence gathering skill to now piece together the ancient world, piece together the, the binary system of the universe, all of these different things. So it's, it's a different investigation level, but it nevertheless is still investigation. And that's it really did. what, Some great it, it's really skill. what, you know, it is, and, and I guess, you know, you, you can only get those skills from doing that particular occupation, really. Uh, so it, 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 took, it, took, it took me in good stead. I mean, certainly, when I write or when I talk or, or when I do a public talk, you know, I, 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 I write and I talk for court and evidential purposes. You know, I was used to going into court and just giving the facts, you know, that they weren't interested in anything else. It was, what are the facts? What did you see? What did you hear? Where were you? How far away from you? Was anything obstructing your view? Was it lights? Was it dark? Th that's all they're interested in. What did you see? So right. when, I, when I talk, when I write, I just write what what I saw, and and that's that's really how how I how I go instead of labouring the point. So for me, it's it's it, it is now normal. You know, it, it it'd be normal. It, it wouldn't be normal to not do that because right. it, it, it and, and and that's that's just how it is. You know, I go out and see symbols. I say, yep, yeah, I know what you're saying. I, I see people on TV. I see historical characters. I see presidents and popes and and all of these people doing hand gestures as they're speaking to the crowd. And I know what they're saying. I wish I you did. Know, 
That's well, what you know, I like about you. Because uh, uh, reading your books and having watched your videos and stuff, as I told you last night, Michael, um, it, it's I, I was raised by a dad who talked like you did. And it was like facts and interest, but not fluff. I was like, and it's like, I was like, knowledge info knowledge info i just enjoyed it so much um like the presentations that you've um done for um you know the, the like the numa event and the awakening event and you know your the um the graphics that you did with the explanations and stuff i was like you just made it so understandable and it was like but yet i realized i already understood it from yeah. everything that I've, you know, lived mm. through my life. So, you know, I thank you for that. It's, and it's just fascinating. So that's, that's awesome. So thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for saying so. And it I shows, think... it shows that your background is, is definitely serving you well now. <laughs> I think that, 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 there's, there's a reason for everything, I think. A reason for everything. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Can you, Leo, can you put that question up? Because it's a long one. Thank you. So does meditation activate the alchemy act activation of Kundalini? What's the best way to open our third eye and crown chakra to enhance where we currently are? Do we simply raise our energy to manifest more around us? There, there are, there's a there lot are multiple ways. There, 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 there's multiple ways in which to activate. Now, the, the kundalini, the, the, the serpents, obviously the, the, the serpent at the base of the spine, you know, the, the, the brazen serpents of Moses' staff and, and, and different things. There's, there's, there's different ways to activate that and, and everybody will have a different preference on, on how to do that. What meditation does, and again, taking you back into a biblical sense, if the inn is full, you cannot enter. In other words, if the mind is full, if the mind is jammed with, with nonsense, you are not going to enter into the kingdom of God, basically, which is really taking you back to the stable of, of Mary and Joseph on, on the donkey. The inn was full. In other words, the mind was full. Some people meditate because it, 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 gives, it gives them a state of mind, of tranquility, of peace, of quietness in order for things to get in. Now, when people look at a crystal ball, they're not reading the future in the crystal ball. What that crystal ball is doing is putting them in a trans-like state in order for these things to come in. Now, when these things start coming in, you automatically start to elevate and start to vibrate higher. And meditation is one such way of getting you there. For me, because I can't relax the mind enough to meditate, I don't meditate because there's always something that I'm thinking of or there's always something that will distract me from being complete peace and quiet. But I did do it once, and, and there's some, some interesting things that used to come through when I used to do that 10, 10 and 11 years ago at the start of this journey. So some people will want meditation to put themselves into that state. Other people will just want to learn like I do. Some people will use breath techniques because really spirit, spirituality just means breath. So when you control your breathing and you, and you use your breath correctly, these energies come from the cycle chakra and they create sort of a Taurus energy, like an apple of Eden. Now that Taurus energy, it normally vibrates at, at uh, 40, 40 hertz. 
Now, 40 hertz is the frequency of superconsciousness. So when you start breathing correctly and you start rising this energy through the chakras, you start to become, shall we say, a higher vibratory being. So there's many different ways in, in, in which to do that. And meditation is one of them. Knowledge is one of them. Breathing is one of them. Now, there's, there's what, why, when, when you look at all the symbology of, of, of churches and, and Egypt and different things, you know, every church normally has a spire. A spire is a phallic symbol, but spire means to breathe. So what it is saying is even breath can control sexual energy, that you then get into sexual alchemy. Now, the likes of the, the Sphinx of Egypt having now knows is representative of castration because when you have castration it removes all lust and you become a compassionate energy rather than a passionate energy sort of thing so so you have all of these little tips in into breathing when, when people call you a conspiracy theorist conspire simply means to breathe together so that is all it means so we we, we can we can breathe we can use breath techniques we can use meditation we can use vibrations we can use all of these different things will ultimately get us to the same place and to put it to put it simply in in england we have buses that, that go to town centers go to city centers and, and they have bus stops and pickups from from every street now i may get on a different bus to somebody else but we're still going to end up at the same location we just have different ways of getting there so regard whichever technique whichever technique suits you and suits your lifestyle is the one that will take you where you need to be that's the perfect answer really isn't it i like it a lot <laughs> so, some, sometimes complexity is so simple seriously it and people do make it much more complex than is necessary they said thank you what are you writing tracy a question i was thinking of a question Oh, go on, say it. Say the question. Oh, Ask it just escaped me. Sorry. <laughs> did you have a, did you have a I brain? just lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Yeah, another brain fart. Sorry. <laughs> We're waiting to That's see okay. if he was going to come and bless us with her. Come back. Sorry. Yeah, another <laughs> brain fart. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if he was going to come and bless us with her. Come back. Nikki, my can dog. You, Hi. I'm no C. <laughs> can you see me? Yes, we can see you. Sorry about Nikki. that. I, I, I'm on my phone doing this because my phone has better technology than my desktop. So Apparently. I have to do it this way. Okay, well, that's what Meet Tracy and, uh, of course, Michael. It's, a, it's an honor to meet you both. Thank you so much. Hello. <laughs> I am just having such a good time listening to this conversation um you know michael you are not alone my friend it is really nice to uh to to see another person that has had to jump through the tour guides of uh coming from one dimension to another and uh and does the big cosmic jump almost every day right i mean what i'm hearing so much is that you're such a translator for for everyone you know you have to kind of meet people where they are at and then translate and help people understand an infinite, you know, understanding, which is a, is a different consciousness. And uh, and you are not alone. I just want you to know that. And I thank you for being on this planet and doing this work. Um, I don't know. I think he's quite one of a kind. I don't think he's alone, but he's definitely one of a kind. No doubt. I, no I, think, doubt. I think you're now a binary nerd that kind of puts it all into one 
cup, doesn't it? Even though I hate labels, but you know. You know, I mean, everybody is is here trying to figure out this duality dance. You know, I mean, that's it right now. This is, you know, is it good? Is it bad? Is it positive? Is it dark? Is it a bad entity? Is it a shadow entity? Is it a light being? Is it a dark being? I mean, we're we're going back and forth in judgment so much because we're 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 spinning in a in a certain direction right now that's keeping us there. And when you look at all the multiple infinite possibilities of expansion and and vibrational spin, it really comes down to creation, right? So I had a big question for you, Michael, big question. Um, when we look at, you know, the first and second chakras during a woman's menses that will spin in a different direction, you know, than it would normally spin, right? During the rest of the month. When we look at the gods that are destructor gods that are also God and, you know, creator destroyer gods, when we look at that and we look at the duality of that, can you explain <laughs> how it works together, how release and creation work together? Or perhaps right. when, when you look at when multiple when, when, when you look at the metal blood and semen, that is the original Holy Communion. It is where the, the, the mystics used to drink the, the menstrual blood and they used to drink semen. It was the, the elixir of life. It was the, the, the power. So that is where we get the modern day church Holy Communion. It is the, it, when, when you see the, the representation of the wine in, in the chalice with womb, it is the menstrual blood. Now, when you wow. look at the likes of the Last Supper, hold up. Supper comes from soup. So, so the, the, the Last Supper of Christ, <laughs> supper comes from soup. And the primordial soup was menstrual blood. Now the ancients realized a long, long time ago that they can, they, they, they could equate the moon with fertility. So that's where you get all the, the fertility gods of Isis and Ishtar and all these different fertilities. When you look at what is the creator, the creator is, is neutral. But when, when infinity becomes manifest, it has to fall. Now, when you look again, going into to, to mathematics and binary code, imagine zero, which is nothing, becomes manifest, which is one. Now, one is the opposite of zero. So there, automatically, you get dualist, dualistic. Now, duality is really a complementary expression of its opposite. So we have mirror universes. Now, the, now the universe is full of mirrors. At 15 times every second, even if you pick up a banana, the skin of the banana 15 times every second will create a flash of light. That is matter creating antimatter. Now, antimatter is what gives you the parallel universes. It gives you the mirror universes. Now, this is matter creating antimatter, the, the opposite. And this is 15 times every second this is happening. Now, the, there's branching in the universe, which is creating slightly different replicas of itself every second. So if the rest of the universe that we can't see is the same as the universe that we can see. There are multiple versions of you and I around this universe. Now, when you look at the creator, is it negative? Is it positive? It is neutral because neutral is a trinity. It is not duality. It's non-duality. Now, when you start looking at the trinity of atoms, atoms are binary code. They carry binary code and they are binary code. Now, if you just look, if you take any number of mathematics, you can make that into a trinity. And you can make that into the atomic, atomic trinity. So let's take 
number one. Number one is neutral. Minus one is negative. Plus one is positive. So straight away, you have neutral, negative, positive just by one number. When you take that into electron, proton, and neutral, mm -hmm. the relative change and the relative mass of the electron, the neutron, and the proton is binary code. So we have a trinity by numbers, by atoms. The creative mind, the computerized mind, has created fragments of itself. It, it is neither positive or negative unless we choose it to be positive or negative. If we maintain the middle ground, neutral, mm -hmm. we are non-dualistic. Neutral is, is the calm, the middle ground between the extremities, the polar, pol polarity of extremities. If I get too much into the dark, if I get too much into the light, I am off balance. Yeah. So the, the center of a scalar wave, which is the center of an infinity symbol, is the middle between the polarities. It's also yes. the manifest point, right? It's the place of creative cre creation. It's the voice. It's the Egyptian. So everything is regenerated. At right. The it yeah. is the Egyptian. Yeah. If you say loop at the top of my arms and loop at the bottom of my arms, that is the infinity sign. The, ten the center is my spiritual center, which is the heart. Wow. Now, if I turn that over, that, that then becomes a infinite field. In other words, the universe space for me to revolve through the infinity sign. Now, the middle is the point of singularity, where the two flow fields meet through singularity. That's the Egyptian X of Osiris and other things. So the, the universe has to have a dynamic stability of, of low and high, of black and white, of negative and positive. The, the, the yeah. universe was created in 50-50 equal measures. It's to hold it in place. So, but it, but it, right. It's to hold it in place. It's held in place, it's to give it balance, but because we are a bit of both of them, we really, if we, if we are if we are balanced within self, we are the neutral. We are not the polarity of, of negative or positive. And it is the place of neutrality, the place of non-duality that advances you as a, an individual being. Well, and then, so why do we come to Mother Earth? Why do we come to this planet, right? She is based in a very uh, strong negative ionic field right outside of the planet and correct me please if I've, I've got this backwards but the 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 sunlight is a positive ionic field so as daughters and sons of the light and of the earth we i would assume are both we are negative and positive feminine and masculine within each one of us we each have a positive side and a negative side right and, and we, all we do and again earth that way it is. And, and sun means yeah. sound. So the son of God is the sound of God. So we are all vibratory beings. We are all created by sound. You know, we are we're all these, which again goes back to binary code and the conversion of sound into binary form. So, yes, we are both positive and negative. We are duality because in order to come from zero to one, there had to be a dualistic split. And it is a complementary opposite and a complementary representation of the mirror. Mm. And everything is a reflection of the one. Why did we come to Earth? Because this is where the, the, the cell of awareness, the data that we are, has come to in order to transmit back. And that is, that is where we are now. In, in, 
in, in a universal system that has both low vibration and high vibration, it has pockets of golden age and pockets of dark age, at some point that will turn and we will enter into a different part of the universe that has a high vibration. And when we, when we look at the, the sky at night, we are looking at the past. That is not the sky now. There's people right. probably on those stars and those planets that are looking at planet Earth that was the Earth of the past. If you take a wide enough loop, you will still see dinosaurs on planet Earth because you are looking at the Earth of the past, not the Earth now. So we are forever changing. The, 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 the one constant is change. You know, and, and everything has to change all of the time. And we, we are all of these things. We end up in different places. We don't just end up on planet Earth. As I said, as I was saying earlier on, you know, that there are multiple versions of you and I, whatever you and I are, scattered around this universe. So there are parallel existences that there are the whole theory of deja vu is is potentially seen into a different shimmer of reality that you're involved in somewhere. Because we are not just one thing, we are multiple things, but we, we as human beings can only see one probable state of a superposition. Multiple states, you know, how many people can see auras? How many people realize that we, we you know, there's, there's multiple levels of our being? We can only see one, which is the physical. You have those with psychic abilities that can see beyond that, but you have those with, with advanced knowledge that can see beyond the matrix. So, but we only ever see one possible outcome, which is, what we what we deem to be the physical being when i look at a tree i look outside now and i see a tree i see wood but really that is created by interference waves colliding and creating a shape i cannot see those interference waves i can only see the effect of the cause which is the tree and that is the reality that we live in we see one probable outcome and multiple outcomes now when people say to you that you're here because you chose to be well your cells, your subatomic particles, your binary code did choose to be in this region of time and space. That is why you are here. The very reason that we are able to interact is because so is yours. So the very fact that we have chosen to be here now, there has to be a reason that we chose to be here now because our particles need not have been. They could have chosen to be somewhere else, different format. But they're here because they chose to be. Now, the, the biggest question is why, for me, there's a job to be done. Yeah. There's a job to be done. There's too, much, there's, too, there's too much data that is falling behind and it's getting to the extremities where it can't be done. The job that was a tree there in order to be defined singularity at some point in the cosmic plan. I think we're, we're, I think the collective is most definitely getting to that precipice right now. You know, we came here, we all came here to be a part of that, uh, that big, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I, I, I call it an explosion in a sense, but I think, cause it feels like a cyst filling with pus, but, but, but I, I, you know, cause it's uncomfortable to grow like this. I mean, this is an accelerated growth. This yeah. is consciousness being pushed right now hard, which, mm -hmm. um, you know, so what is the conscious? Yeah, go ahead, please. Who's who's on who's on next? Yes, it, it, it is, and when you look at the scientific, I, I don't know. <laughs> okay, no, 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 go on, go on, go on, Michael. When you look at the scientific, what? I was going to say when you 
when you look at again the scientific big bang and you see this big explosion and, and scientists tell you that the, the universe is expanded from the inside well my opinion on that is no it's actually expanded from the outside if, if, if everybody now go outside to your automobile and try and push it from the inside and see what happens you can't you can only push it from the outside you know you're not gonna, you're not going to get very far from the inside trying to push so for me the universe is expanding from the outside so that is there some kind of controlled mechanism now that the big bang science tells you that all of this is just a random explosion and, and all of this perfection has happened from a random explosion it's not a random explosion it is a controlled explosion and it's a controlled explosion that has created this deliberately and that controlled explosion is the fragmentation from the one how long ago do you think that happened or is there no time to be put on that well again what what is time i'm mean, time time for me is a, crea a creation that keeps events separate so if it wasn't for time everything would be just in one mass blob with with time you have a separation of events and you can a time event which is what i've done and things can step into your time event which is what i've experienced so time gives you a measure of distance and speed but it also keeps events separate where they should be so right. the whole concept of time is is that the, the my dna my binary code my, my matter my my essence should be in in this part of space time keeps me in that part of space because as a physical or a i'm not a physical being but as, a, as an, an apparent physical being i cannot excel the speed of light because if i excel the speed of light in my current form my subatomic particles will dissipate <laughs> and they'll, they'll just blend, they'll just disappear back into the, into the cosmos. It is the subatomic, it's, it's subatomic particles that are being glued together through the gluons that are keeping you together, but that cannot go beyond the, 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 the speed of light. So therefore I am really kept in this part of space for now, but everything is expanding, everything is moving, everything is changing and you're never in the one place forever you'll be in many many different places and you are now if you imagine yeah. if you imagine that you are you are a racing car driver and you're speeding around the track and you're only you're only conscious and and your only awareness is the car yourself and the track now there's other particles and there's other fragments of you that are sitting in the stands they are watching and observing you in this experience but you're not aware of them but the multiple particles of you in different locations now when you look at something that appears to be physical it's physical because you are observing it it's collapsing the wave function <laughs> now by, co by collapsing the wave function the universe is observer dependent but the observer is also observed and you are observed by that that puts you here now when science tells you that the atom is 99.99999% empty space. My theory on that is that empty space is actually an intelligent field that is observing that atom into existence. Because so without observation, you do not, you do not, you, you, you do not get physical objects without observation. And that, and that is the, the Heisenberg principle, which is collapsing of the wave function. So basically all atoms are alive, no matter what. Is that what you're saying? All atoms are <laughs> conscious. Right. 
all, all, all atoms are conscious. All atoms have their own awareness. All, all atoms, the trillions of atoms that are inside your body now, each and every single one of them follows universal law. Yeah. Every single atom is conscious. Now, if you, ima if you imagine that, let's just take, for argument's sake, a photon. A photon can be a wave, or it can be a particle, or it can be both things at once. Now, what that tells you, if you actually look deep into that statement, is if I'm a photon, and I'm a particle, and I wish to be a wave, well, that tells me that as an individual photon, I have the awareness of what I am. I have the awareness that I want to be something else. That awareness of wanting to be something else also gives me a decision-making process. So I'm a particle, I want to be a wave, then I must realize that I'm a particle. That means I am aware. Right. To become, to, to become from a particle to a wave, it requires me knowing what I was and what I now am. You see, and it, it also then displays to you that if I've made the decision to not be a particle and to be a wave, that I have a decision-making process, which is the consciousness, which is an awareness. Mm -hmm. So every single me. atom... We got a bit of a lag. So every single atom, every, every single atom, every single particle, every essence of you is an individual cell of awareness that has come together to give the appearance of solidity. Mm. It is not solid. It is not unaware. It, it follows its own universal law. It makes me think of Dr. Emoto's stuff, you know, the, the ice right. particles in water, love, hate, Hitler, mm. love you, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, I do a technique um, that's called the lifeline technique. And, and that's what we do. I mean, that's, we are working within core limiting beliefs with wave patterns and reprogram, programming them from a conscious state. So, and, and, you know, the, the, the symptom or the stress of the person in their conscious state is able to use that as a portal to go in and feel and process emotions, get the lesson, get the, get the aha, get that moment of epiphany from that and unwrap that symptom or stress as a gift in strange wrapping paper. And then it aligns in the, in the, in the entire holograph and, and it rechanges the code across all parts of all dimensions. It shifts everything, but it's, it's basically so consciousness can become uh, well, so healing can be a choice. So you can choose your destiny. You can choose what it is that you want to experience, how you want to see it and, and unraveling through symptom and stress. You know, it is a process and it, it is. And I see it work on a, on, on every day. I mean, that's all we do every day. I'm, you know, I'm 107. I don't know if you knew that. Mm. That's how good this works. Working <laughs> <laughs> very well. Working very well. All right, but yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's all... <clears throat> It's all. I mean, even even body movement is is a wave yeah. function. It is it is waveform, and yeah. every time you move, you know, whether you walk like an Egyptian or whatever, it, it, it follows a, a waveform. Now that waveform follows what is known as Fourier mathematics. Now Fourier mathematics is the same equation that was used in the creation of the hologram. Mm -hmm. Now when you get to get to water and Dr. Emoto, what water is important? I mean, when you look at water baptism. It is really the, the mental stage of initiations, known as the Great Flood. So we, we are talking Great Flood, we're talking water, we're talking initiation, we're talking higher levels of consciousness. So all of these things are connected. Water 
and fire are the two main purification and you know you get the kundalini fire you get the water baptism that they are they are both of them a purification so it's all important in many facets but but really the one singular facet the the, the most important thing has always been the self self-realization and to know thyself the mystery the answer to the mystery is always within the mystery itself if you wish to understand the universe if you wish to understand nature you need to understand yourself because you are each of those things and that again is, is another ancient philosophy that you can only know these things if you know yourself it is self-realization it is know thyself once you do once you realize that you are the universe in small you are the pentagram you know the, the head of the two legs the two arms you are the cross of christ when you come to this this lower realm if you wish to live by the cube you will remain within the five senses with the five wounds but within that cube contains the tetrahedron the tetrahedron is the divine it is if you wish to chop off the of that cube you reveal the shape of the tetrahedron with the divine mind and it's, that is the binary choice that the bible tells us and that really is pewter that the bible really is wow is it like UK UK has a time limit on the before it starts going to the swimming bowl and sending out bad signals so that you lose connection? Well, I think what it is, is is when he starts talking, it happens to most of us, when you start really getting to a fundamental level of of awareness and, and giving that information to people, it seems like a part of the algorithm on the, uh, that is the internet tries to disrupt what michael is saying at that time period because it's it's not a coincidence you know yeah. what i mean because it didn't happen earlier it just happened right then when he was at that point where he it's was the details yeah. of it and then all of a sudden he starts getting uh warmed <laughs> out like you said and you know uh, and that happens a lot when people do that i don't know what that is if that's a, a collective consciousness thing in fact maybe michael maybe you can uh, weigh in on that where is there you know this concerted effort in the universe do you think to kind of disrupt like what just happened with your signal when you were talking about something very serious what are your what are your thoughts on that the, there's always a glitch in the matrix there's always a glitch in the code i've, I've had non-human entities coming into the radio studio during my my talks uh to such an extent that it scared the house so much they had to end the, the show and it's a glitch in the code it's a glitch in the matrix we're not talking about collective consciousness there are rituals within secret societies where they create astral entities which they can interact with and some of these initiates have come back and have actually drawn the entities that they've interacted with through collective consciousness when you look at spiritual events and they take pictures and you see hundreds and hundreds of orbs that is really focused consciousness that is the mind and when you look at how the brain, the mind, can create these round orbs. That is what we're seeing. It is the, it is the collective consciousness. It is the tight one of Earth. So the mind is an extremely powerful tool. And when you have lots and lots of collective minds together, it becomes a universal force of, of great magnitude. But there are, there are things out there that, yes, they do try and prevent what's being done. It's not, it's not exactly difficult on the internet, you know, that they can, they can just jam your transmission. But yes, the, the, there is a there's also a, a high there's a there's a high energy when when these these things the, these shows go out. When you look at spirits that have come back, 
they have a, a great tendency of, of, of disrupting electrical circuitry, phones, computers, because they vibrate at that, that level. So you are, you are, th th there's a real buildup of energy. Now the energy buildup reacts before the brain can react or think about what it's going to do. So, so there's an energy before the reaction, and there's there's a lot of a lot of things going on. There's multiple things going on: glitching the codes, sabotage, and the high energy intensity, which which scrambles the signals. Done it again, amazing, right? And then right on cue, then right on cue, Tracy dropped. Yeah. And, <laughs> and to re-enter re into the green room to get me in here. It was perfect timing, like as if she was showing the audience. And I know she didn't do it on purpose. Showing the audience right when he was saying that, boop, boop, down she went. <laughs> Tracy, have you got any other questions yeah. before we start to round up? Or are we just sitting here with cauliflower heads? I think I'm good. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you know, when, when, truthfully, when you, when you spend time I with Michael... To he hits you with so much information. You know, I have people say that sometimes, you know, to me, when I hit them with so much information, they're like, okay, I'm just so scrambled right now with everything that you said. I don't know what to ask. I have to sit on this for a while. And that's yeah. what happens every time that every time I'm, I talk to Michael, by the end of it, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have to think about this for a while, Michael. <laughs> Can I throw something out, Michael, to, to throw a ball out real quick, if that's okay. Um, when we talk about, you know, off-planet um, friends or foe, whatever, okay, um, when we talk about that, we need to also, you know, give it, we each have maybe a story or, or an experience, gosh knows I do, um, where I, for a, in the beginning part of my, my awakening, I only dealt with the negative ones. Like, I got, I got my, my pants scared off of me a couple times, Okay. And I got the opportunity to sit down with somebody from NASA and, you know, years later and ask what those things were. And, and it was real. I mean, all of this was legitimate. Okay. But I, like you had my solar plexus jump, you know, into the spin cycle. Like it was, it was threatening was the vibration is how I felt. And then years later, I was working with a practitioner that said, you needed to go through that because you're drawing that in. You have a thing in your head that's telling you that, there's a negative program to that. So we're co-creating this interference that's interrupting Michael right now. We all have a, a program running that we are all contributing to, right? Because I always thought I should be scared after that. And then the orbs showed up, right? And I had children and my children draw in orbs and they manifest orbs and we're dancing in the orbs. And I'm like, well, that feels a lot better. But now, like, I mean, think about it. How much fear do people have when they when they dive into this type of a show where they say, you know, I'm afraid of something that has more consciousness or more power than I do. You know, an orb to come through the walls of my house. I mean, there's a fear level to that. Yeah. And, and and I would love, Michael, for you to kind of give us some insight to elevate our thoughts, to elevate our hearts, to expand us so we all collectively start thinking differently about energy and orbs and beings and, and all of that, whether they're like us in human form or not. Okay. <clears throat> we are the creator in smaller form. We are everything that is in the universe. We are the universe. We are... <clears throat> negative and positive 
parity. We have to master the two wolves inside us. And which one we feed depends upon which one becomes the strongest. Now, when you look at <clears throat> humanity, we, we, we live in a, in a shared network, a shared reality. And our reality is created by what it is being inputted with. Now, because humanity and deliberate is put in such a low fear-based vibration, that is, is the shared network, the shared reality that we are all existing in and we are all suffering with and we are all, we are all seeing everybody else's manifestations of fear. Start looking at the, the initiations of the likes of the pyramids. They had to go through the black light spiral, which was all of these manifestations had to be dealt with. And it was the negative manifestations that created that they had to deal with in order to move on as an initiate. <clears throat> when people start to realize, when they start to get control of their thoughts, their toffs, their teotes, they start to change their reality. When multiple people begin to have uh, positive thoughts, the law of thermodynamics tells us that things will be positive. That is science fact, not just new age fluff. Right. So most, uh, more people need to understand that, that in order to master themselves, it also means the mastery of the mind, which means the mastery of thoughts. When you master your thought, that is what you are putting out there. You are changing your reality. You are changing the reality of the shared network. It is a case of taking control back. And when you again, somebody asked a question earlier on about the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind is a tile field. So, in other words, through through bad programs, through bad experiences, because we do not guard subconscious mind, we plant weeds. Our right. subconscious mind is a field of weeds. What we have to do is change our thoughts realize that we have to be a guardian of the subconscious mind and control what goes in that way those weeds will will be replaced when you're placing the subconscious mind with seeds again that is what comes forward to the conscious mind that is what you see as a reality so the challenge for humanity what they need to do is to take control now before you do something before you act if you think something bad then stop before you take action and replace that thought with something else. Because then you are changing your reality and the reality of the shared network. So it's really a case of taking control and master yourself, which includes the mastery of your thoughts. That is what people need to do. Absolutely. Immediately. We're here. I think we need to uh, start thinking about wrapping things up. We've been here nearly two hours. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think you've got something else going on, haven't you, Michael? Do you not have somewhere else to be in a couple of hours? No, not, not, until, not until tomorrow? No, tomorrow. It's tomorrow night. Okay. okay not until tomorrow. Well, I'm, I mean, this has been... <laughs> don't, don't confuse me anymore. <laughs> oh, I know, right? This is panic. <laughs> Hurry, you got to go. You got to go. <laughs> <laughs> this, has, this has been, as no, always, no. I've got, I've got, seriously <clears throat> enlightening. You've got thank, thank you. It's been a pleasure. I, I, I do enjoy it. It's been amazing. It's been absolutely amazing. And um, Leo, your production 
is spectacular. Thank you, thank you. I try, right? <laughs> we do what we can behind the scenes. You're doing yeah, running, amazing. And running, running, uh, running with two computers and a cell phone right now. <laughs> and Tracy, I think, is just spellbound. And right, yeah, she just actually typed that into the chat because she was having lag problems and she was just like, I'm overwhelmed and I don't know that I can ask any more questions. So, yeah, I mean, that, that happens. You know, I said that earlier when we talked about that, that happens. Um, I'm going to put back up on the screen again, Michael. I've been, I don't know if you've been noticing, I've been throwing your website up there for people to see in the uh, in, on the banner. Um, but for those people, because this will also be going on to my MP3 broadcast. Um, I'll be putting that this up there. So for those people, um, you guys, I'll read it to you, right? www.orhttps, you know, semicolon or colon backslash backslash, right? Michael Dash Feely. So it's M-I-C-H-A-E-L dash F-E-E-L-E-Y dot com slash. Uh, go there and you can see you know, all of Michael's books, everything he's doing. Um, I know that he has up and coming tomorrow. He's going to be speaking with Portal to Ascension. What time is that going to be, Michael, when you guys are on the air tomorrow? It's uh, 1 p.m. Pacific time and 9 p.m. Greenwich Main time, London time. Awesome. There you go. Awesome. Okay. So don't miss that. And then we have an event coming up uh, later on this month. Right, Michael's going to be uh, talking uh, there as well, and you're going to hear more about uh, what he was talking about here. Uh, some of the stuff that he touched on here, you're going to hear more about that, and that is uh, a production that we're putting together, Mandy and myself are putting together, uh, and that's called uh, Zero Point, and it's Zero Point Spirituality Becoming One, and it has to do with everything that Michael was just talking about and that we were touching on here about your consciousness and, and that we are all one. Michael said it. We're little fragmented pieces of the one true creator. And, and he and he shows you that everything, just to, told you this earlier, you know, just kind of reiterating while while I'm promoting you on the bottom of the screen there, um, that you know, that even on a you know a, a subatomic level, we still are aware and we still are a piece of the the one creator, right, Michael? I mean, that's just insane to think about how far that goes, not just where we are here, but like everything alive. Am I right? Or did I mis misunderstand what you said earlier? Everything. I think so. Everything. No, absolutely. Imagine Russian dolls and you start, start off right. big, get small, get small, get small. And then beyond small is AD, extra dimension, come out the other side. <clears throat> so everything is every single level has a consciousness, has an individuality, but it is all part. If, if you go to a river, and you see multiple whirlpools, they're still part of the river. But but they but they will seem an individual entity, but they are still part of the river. So everything is, is part of the one. Everything is a cell of awareness, a smaller part of the larger uh, processor. Absolutely spectacular. And on the 26th, on the um, the next one, Nikki's going to be presenting on that one as well. well so. right. He is going to be presenting on that yeah. one as well. I'm not doing it. Thank you, Mandy, for, for I, the thought that because it was, today was Michael, so I, I apologize, Nikki. Nikki is going to be there as well, speaking as a presenter uh, on uh, Zero Point. And so you guys should make sure you tune into that because that's going to be a, a whole day of, of what we were just talking about here. Right. right? Literally, right. it's going to be without, without all, the aliens. all about this. We just without, talking the aliens. About. without the aliens. <laughs> 
right? <laughs> then, then again, I mean, the aliens, we talked about this before. I talked about this with, with my brother just last night because he listens in. He's a, a minister as well, and we, we deal with that. Michael knows that where, you know, do you separate the aliens out of spirituality? Yes or no, because they're just people. They're just the difference between aliens and us is the same difference between Michael living in the UK and me living in America. We're still on the same planet. We're still in the same universe. We're still in the same reality. So why is it so hard for people to live off planet scares people? Well, because there's so, there's so much else to talk about and picking your, picking your battles basically today is the thing to do, isn't it? Well, in, in a sense, you, you have to, you have to compartmentalize. Um, I've had to do that with all my groups. To, to get that straight. I mean, literally my spiritual group, I had to, I had to separate into, uh, you know, Christians and non-Christians because you had those people that believed in Wicca and magic. Right. And the Christians were like not having any part of that. Even the, even the psychic mediums, it was okay to be a medium, but you couldn't be a medium if you didn't believe in Jesus. Some of them. I'm, I'm having the same problem with all of my personalities. <laughs> with all your personalities. <laughs> That's funny, right there. So, but we do have to. We do have to do that. We have to compartmentalize because of that. So, you know, here we are in ancient aliens worldwide, and Michael's talking about that. And some of the people here might be going, "Wait a minute, you didn't talk enough about aliens. What does that got to do with aliens? Everything you just said well, it has everything to do with it, doesn't it, Michael? Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Pay attention. <clears throat> it is again. It's 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 at what level you understand spoken about. And as I did say at the beginning, that. Those who believe that the UFO and ancient aliens and Christ and, and Allah and all these things are separate things are mistaken because they haven't understood uh, the, the true depth of, of, of the meaning. Nothing is not connected. Nothing is separate. I can talk about the heads of Easter Island and Galbatecki and Christ and Mary Magdalene. We are all data fragmented from... One. So happy I'm in this star system, then another one, but we're all the same. We're all the same thing. <clears throat> That's all one, yeah, one. Right. On, on that note, on that note, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for joining us. Yes, Michael, you. you're fabulous, you. and everybody else that's joined us will join thank us you. in the future. Thank you. Stay tuned. There will be more. Right. Stay tuned. There will be more. <laughs> That's yeah. what we do here, right? So, guys, don't Hi, don't Michael. get bored to ascension tomorrow. Thank you, Tracy. Tracy, boy. Bye. Bye. <laughs> don't go anywhere. Keeps <laughs> <laughs> dropping off. I know. And then her camera was going. Uh, you know, we were. Yeah, yeah I had to switch. I switched over yeah. to my phone. I'm sorry. <clears throat> no, it's okay. Nikki had to do the same thing. Sometimes you have to do that because your phone has better technology. Now she's so, gone. And then now she's gone, right? <laughs> sorry about that, guys. No, it's just uh, things happen. Things happen when you're live. It's and, funny. It's funny. You know, the person that you don't want to have those issues is me right now because I'm the one producing. Right. <laughs> you know, dropping in and out, right? You right. can't have that. You guys, if you guys do that, that's okay. And again, we wouldn't want to have Michael do that because he's the guest. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, so so, so my, uh, my, usual, my usual final words are um, trust yourself. Everything is going to be okay. Nice. I like that. Thank you. Let's, let's end with that, guys. All right, guys. Don't forget. Wait, wait, wait. Nikki's back. Let's get her back. Oh, in her Nikki. Right? 
That's it. There she is. No, it's Thank you guys. Thank you for anyone. Thank you very much. Share this out. We'll have this up here for you guys to see for a while. Ancient Aliens Worldwide. It's also on YouTube, the Orion Rising channel on YouTube. Uh, also on all my pages right now, so it'll be up there if you guys want to watch it again. I will, like I said, later on, I'll put this out uh, today on the MP3 podcast. I'll go out to the rest of the world. So those of you guys out there, you want to see Michael, like I said, go to his website, take a look at what's going on there, and you can always listen to him uh, because uh, he's out there uh, you know, with uh, all kinds of broadcasts as well. And he has links and stuff to that. Uh, and he'll also, if you if you follow him, you'll know when he's going to be on what show doing what, right? All right, Michael, thank you very much, guys. Mickey, thank you, everybody. Right, thank, thank you, guys, thank and all so of you much. out there, experience worldwide. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody out there in the world that was listening to us, thank you. We love you for doing that. All right, guys. Thank you. See you later, Bye, honey. Now,